Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Strange News Daily is a production of iHeartMedia. In a world full of bizarre events, unsolved mysteries, and a billion stories from all corners of the globe, some news gets lost in the shuffle. This is your gateway to the stories on the fringe of the mainstream map. These are your dispatches in the dark. I'm Ben Bolin, and this is the Strange News Daily. Our first story today takes place in India, where a local hospital has just been busted issuing fake COVID-19 test results. The license of a private hospital in the Meirut district has been suspended after a video emerged showing one of its staff members providing fake corona reports in return for money. This video went viral on social media. Anil Dingra, the district magistrate of Meerut, said, quote, A video had gone viral in Meerut. We have registered a case in this regard, and we have suspended the license of the nursing home. We have also sealed it on Sunday. Strict action will be taken against anybody who does anything like this. In the video, the staff member can be heard saying that the medical facility will provide a negative coronavirus or COVID-19 report for just 2,500 Indian rupees. For comparison, that's a little bit more than 33 U.S. dollars. Dr. Raj Kumar, the chief medical officer of Meirut, said, quote, a man from the hospital can be heard saying that he can arrange a negative COVID-19 report and the patient can get his operation done. We've identified this man. The video also shows the clients handing over the money to a hospital manager. Uh, they give them 2,000 rupees and promise to pay the remaining 500 rupees when the report arrives. 
Kumar says from the video, it's emerged that the hospital's manager, Shah Alam, is promising people a fake COVID-19 negative report in exchange for money. Meirut has a total of 1,117 confirmed coronavirus cases so far. Out of those cases, 69 people have died as a result of the infection, and 772 appear to have recovered. Still, it is troubling to note that the corruption in this hospital implies that other hospitals may be corrupt themselves. And, if we look at the bigger picture, this means the numbers emerging, from India at least, may not be as accurate as they seem. Our second story today. Have you ever spoken with someone who has an accent or dialect so strange to you that you have trouble understanding what they're saying, even when you speak the same language? If you're like most people, the odds are you have experienced something like this, especially in the globally connected world in which we all live today. It seems that space exploration is only set to exacerbate this strange phenomenon. Let's start with the idea of what sci-fi authors and futurists often call an interstellar arc, or a generation ship. The idea behind these ships is that we would build a vessel wherein multiple generations of human beings can be born, grow, and eventually pass away, handing the responsibility of steering the vessel to the next generation of people. If we can build multi-generational craft like this, then eventually, the theory goes, human beings could colonize the galaxy and eventually the universe. Of course, there are some pretty apparent downsides to this thought experiment or this ambitious proposal. During these unimaginably long voyages, Multiple generations of people born and raised in a closed environment are going to run into biological issues or even mutations that we simply cannot predict. And according to a new study by a team of linguistics professors, there's another factor here that we may consider, another thing that might mutate on the journey, language. In a study called Language Development During Interstellar Travel, the team of linguists Andrew McKenzie and Jeffrey Punske outline and discuss how languages evolve over time and how this could affect long-term space travelers of the future. What they find is fascinating. Of course, language evolves over time whenever a community grows isolated from another community. And when it comes to the idea of isolation, it's hard to imagine a more extreme case than that of people on an interstellar voyage. Eventually, the multi-generational isolation could mean that the language of the colonists who land on on some far-flung moon or planet would be unintelligible to the people here on Earth, if, that is, they ever met up again in the future. To illustrate this, the linguists use examples of different language families on Earth to show how new languages emerged over time due to distance. Then they extrapolated this process and imagined how it would occur over the course of 10 generations or more of interstellar or even interplanetary travel. 
In a recent press release, McKenzie explains it this way. He says, quote, if you're on this vessel for 10 generations, new concepts will emerge, new social issues will come up, and people will create ways of talking about them, and these will become the vocabulary particular to the ship. People on Earth might never know about these words unless there's a reason to tell them. And, he continues, the further away you get, the less you're going to talk to people back home. Generations pass, and soon there's no one really back home to talk to. And there's not much you want to tell them, because they'll only find out years later, and then you'll hear back from them years after that. They cite some examples of this process on Earth. Consider the story of the Polynesian sailors who populated the South Pacific Islands somewhere between 3000 and 1000 BCE. The roots of these sailors can be traced back to modern-day Taiwan, but their process of expansion over time led to the development of entirely new cultures by the first millennium BCE. The Polynesian languages that emerged from this expansion bore very little resemblance to the ancient Austronesia language of their ancestors. The linguists also cite language changes that can take place within the same language community over time. One example they cite is uptalk. This is also known as high-rising terminal. This is the phenomenon that involves statements ending with a rise in intonation. I didn't quite nail it, but you get the gist. As the researchers note, uptalk has only been observed in the English language within the past four decades or so, and currently we don't know where it came from. Still, the spread of uptalk has been the subject of no small amount of debate, especially by members of the so-called baby boomer generation. Many of them use uptalk today, but they certainly didn't have it around when they were growing up. Another issue the linguists identify is, interestingly enough, sign language, because it'll require adaptation from the crew, as statistics dictate that over the course of the long voyage, some crew members will be born hearing impaired. Without someone focusing on keeping track of these changes and trying to maintain some sort of grammatical standard, this linguistic divergence will be inevitable. But as the linguists note, Keeping those standards might itself become a moot point because we have to remember that language on Earth is going to be changing during the same time. McKinsey says they may well be communicating like we'd be using Latin, communicating with this version of the language that nobody uses. The authors also say that it would be worthwhile to have additional studies of likely language changes aboard this spacecraft it would help people know what to expect in advance. As they conclude in their study, quote, given the certainty that these issues will arise in scenarios such as these and the uncertainty of exactly how they will progress, we strongly suggest that any crew exhibit strong levels of metalinguistic training in addition to simply knowing the required languages. There will be need for an informed linguistic policy on board that can be maintained without referring back to Earth-based regulations. So, for starters, let's imagine that a generation ship, one of these interstellar arcs, does end up taking a full 10 generations to reach its destination. Uh, one example people point to would be Proxima B. So 10 more generations pass before the next ship arrives, 
bringing people from Earth who still speak a form of modern English. This is where it gets interesting. You can use language simulators, like the language evolution simulator onset, and this can give us a tiny taste, a tapas-sized portion of how a simple English language hello paired with a common request would change over the course of that full 20 generations. So here we go. We're going to pronounce it. Let us know what you think this says. Hella ha, fret. Good to uh, be at you. Took beye to playas. It's a little bit easier to decode if you can see it written out. But according to this evolution simulator, that would be the future equivalent of saying, Hello, friend. Good to meet you. Take me to your leader, please. It comes out, you know, a little bit different after 20 generations of isolation. And then when you take time to consider all of the spoken languages and dialects that are already around today and realize that any combination of these is potentially going to be brought with the colonists on their journey, you can see how complicated the problem becomes. So perhaps it's possible that our descendants will need to rely on technology, some sort of future translation software to understand each other, or fall back on good old-fashioned body language. The problem is that after 20 generations, we have no idea what colonist body language would look like. Our third story today, the mayor of Seoul, South Korea, one Park Won Soon, was recently found dead. According to police and other sources, this appears to be one of the country's highest profile suicides in recent history. Mayor Park, who was 64 years old, was found dead only hours after he had been reported missing, and the exact cause of his death is still officially under investigation. His daughter filed a police report at 5.17 p.m. local time in South Korea, saying that he had left home four to five hours ago after leaving words like a will, and his phone was currently off. The manhunt began. More than 770 police officers, fire trucks, and an ambulance were mobilized to track the whereabouts of the mayor. They searched areas around his home as well as near the temple where his cell phone signal was last detected. The Seoul Metropolitan Government said the mayor did not come to work Thursday due to health reasons. In a text message to reporters this morning, the city government said all events and meetings that Park had been set to attend on Thursday were called off for unavoidable reasons. The day before, on Wednesday, Mayor Park had made a public appearance while holding a press conference on the city's Green New Deal, a plan that intends to cut carbon dioxide emissions while also creating jobs. According to local news reports, Mayor Park was recently facing allegations of sexual harassment. A former secretary of his had filed a complaint against Park on Wednesday with the Seoul Metropolitan Police Agency for alleged sexual assault. She claimed that Park had made physical contact several times since she began to work with him in 2017. She also submitted messages that she had exchanged with Park over the Telegram app service. The police took this as evidence. Uh, 
According to her testimony, there have also been other victims sexually assaulted by the mayor. Police had planned to call in Mayor Park and Seoul government officials for investigations into the case. Park, who was elected mayor of Seoul in 2011, was in his third and final term in office. He was a member of the ruling Democratic Party of Korea. He was regarded as a potential presidential candidate for the 2022 election. As a former human rights lawyer and a legendary civil rights campaigner, Mayor Park made a public appeal for human-centered policies and equality, such as making efforts to curb soaring housing prices in Seoul, while also strengthening welfare programs for the very young and the very old. He is survived by his wife, his son, and his daughter. That's all for now. We've been asking you to chime in with suggestions for stories you think your fellow listeners should learn more about, to hit us with your best or worst puns and dad jokes, or your personal experience with COVID-19, the ongoing protest, or anything else strange and unusual happening in your neck of the global woods. Let us know. Tag hashtag Strange Daily on Twitter, or reach out to me directly. I'm at Ben Bolin HSW on Twitter, or at Ben Bolin on Instagram. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Dylan Fagan, our research associate, Sam Teagarden, and most importantly, thanks to you. I'm Ben Bullock. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, stay strange. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.